Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's Jillian. What's up? It's Kurt. What's going on, everybody? It's Jermaine, and we are your in-arena hosts for the Indiana Pacers. And this is the Believe in Pacers podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back, guys, to the Believe in Pacers podcast. So Kurt and Jillian here. We're coming off the All-Star break. Uh, We had a tough loss. We're on the West Coast for the Los Angeles Lakers last night. But we have uh, back-to-back games. We're playing Phoenix Suns tonight, and then we're actually going to go into Denver. So tough uh, road games. We have three of them, and then we'll be back um, at Bankers Live Fieldhouse next Wednesday for Brooklyn. But again, coming off the All-Star break, and we kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit of information about All-Star. We have a special guest on today's show. I'm not going to announce who it is yet. I'll let Jillian do that. So Jillian, you kind of want to take it away and uh, do a brief introduction. Yeah, Kurt, this is awesome because as you and I were talking about the all-star game, the all-star break, we were thinking, what's a cool, fresh perspective that we could give on this event? And you brought up DJ Shauna Nichols. And I was telling you guys, I was just blown away the more and more I was researching and learning about Shauna because not only is she the official in-game DJ for the Milwaukee Bucks. But she was invited to represent the Bucks at the 2021 All-Star Game in Atlanta. She's a former professional basketball player. And I learned so much more, but I also learned she'll be featured in a documentary coming up about your journey and your dare to be movement. So much to unpack here. So I want to get right into it. First of all, Shauna, thank you so much for making time for this interview. Thank you both for having me. It's a, you are very, very kind. I appreciate it. And good, and good morning to, to Pacer fans and, and everybody. I appreciate y'all. I'm a big fan of indie myself. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Kurt, I want you to dive in because Kurt has a background as a DJ as well. We have so much we want to ask you, so hopefully we can fit it all in. Kurt, I'll let you take it away first. Perfect. Yeah, again, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Uh, we're all Midwest, you know, at heart. So here we can all kind of, uh, you know, relate to one another. But first things first, I want to take it back to All-Star. So I got to experience two of them, and I know how I felt going into my first All-Star. So today I want to ask you how you felt. So the main question here is, is how did that all come apart? Like, how did you get the phone call? How did you get hooked up with the NBA All-Star for your first time going there? And what was that experience like? Well, first I want to send my condolences because we were supposed to be at your house. We were, we were it was scheduled to be in Indy. And right. I know this, is, this has been a crazy year. And so what, what I know, they announced so Cleveland next year, then Utah, then Indy. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, 2024 is coming now? back to Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was just trying to figure, find that in my brain. But um, to answer your question, um, I think if you've worked All Star, you've probably worked with Johnny Watson yes. with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I got a text after we had leading up to the All Star, we had eight games in 14 days at home. So we were on one of those kind of crazy stretches. And I don't even know what day it was, what game it was, what night of the week it was. But Johnny, at the end of the game, got a headset and said to me, hey, I just got an email from the NBA. They're going to invite you. We got the official email. Um, You've been invited to All-Star. And I don't think I understood what that meant at that time (laughs) because we just finished a game. And I was packing up my stuff. And as you both know, game days are a little long in game entertainment. And I was just like, I just really want to eat. Like, I'm very hungry right now. And so I was like... Didn't know what was happening, really. And then things just 
I'm sure again, as you both have witnessed and experienced, once the NBA has their eyes set on something, you just hit the ground and running. So the emails followed from there and we started getting on meetings and planning and, you know, getting assignments in regards to, I got to work with um, Atlanta's team. So Big Tigger and Sir Foster and myself were in charge of the music that you heard on All-Star Day this year. And so it was just such an honor. It was, it was, it, I, I enjoy working and I love continuing to build that, that relationship with the NBA and I'm very grateful for it. Absolutely. So my main question is, were there fans or were there no fans in the arena? That's where I kind of want to start with that. Yeah, we had very minimal fans. Minimal fans. So why, like explain to everyone that's listening why they still need a DJ if there's not that many fans, you know what I mean? Like, so why would you go or, you know, they had an in-arena host. So like, why did they have those people? Why do they still have those in-game elements? at All-Star? That's a great question. So I guess I'll bring it back home to Milwaukee, to be honest with you. So before we allowed fans in, we we allowed fans, oh, I can't, it was somewhere in that two-week stretch leading up to All-Star. We started, we, we invited fans back at a very small capacity. Um, it was just at 10%. And even prior to that, I had been, as a DJ, I had been marked essential for when it comes to what was, quote, necessary, according to not only the Bucks organization, but our team as well. And so that was really humbling to hear, to be honest with you, that um, music really does play such an incredible role, whether or not there's fans there or not. If you, can you imagine walking into an arena and there's no fans and the NBA basketball game is being played, but there's nothing. You hear nothing. Right, just cricket, silent. Right. Yeah, it'd be and, very and awkward. It'd be crazy. Yeah. It would be. That's really interesting to think about. And so um, that's that, I think, is why we had a DJ. And so I also was in charge for bringing it back to the All-Star game. I produced all the music for the skills contest and the three-point contest. Cool. And then D- and DJed for those and then DJed for the dunk contest. And so, and those are shown on TV. So again, I'm going to bring this, we'll bring this to Chicago to keep it in the Midwest. The last dance, one of the famous like scenes is Michael Jordan sitting on the back of the bus with his headphones on jamming out, you know, to the newest track or newest CD that just got released. Love it. And yeah. And so the music and athletes and athletics and sports, it goes hand in hand. It's this very symbiotic relationship. And so that would be my answer for you is that we, it, I mean, you go to any game. I mean, like kids got the AirPods now going to their fifth grade basketball game. So it's, Absolutely. You know, everyone's got, got a hype up song. They, they needed it. Kurt, right. They needed it. You they do. The yeah, they I need. know. Well, and see, and I was wondering, cause I mean, I hadn't really seen too much about it and I'm like, well, I heard that they didn't have fans and then maybe they're going to have, you know, a limited amount of fans. And I'm like, well, okay. So why are they going to still have the in-game elements? I just really, I obviously under kind of understood why they still have the DJ, but I wanted to get your perspective on that. But you know, as far as the hosts go and all that stuff, it was just interesting to me to see that they brought everybody down there for that. So I think that's awesome. But. Can I can I give you an answer on why I think they did it? Out yeah, of, absolutely. Just experience. And so the fans that were in the building, and I want to say 1,300, that's the number that's sticking out to me that were in okay. Atlanta for the game. They were all frontline workers and or HBCU current students or alum. And so that was the entire focus of this All-Star game um, was to obviously highlight what we have been going through for now a year mm-hmm. and make sure that we pu- 
give their flowers to frontline workers that have been sacrificing so much. And over $3 million were raised for historically black colleges and universities awesome. and to really shine a light on that. And so they were there in virtual, the virtual wall, which was mm -hmm. really cool. I think they, they adapted that a little bit more from the bubble. And then we really got to shine a light on HBCUs. We had HBCUs shout outs throughout the game, videos from um, current students and alum, famous and regular people alike. And so it was just a really cool opportunity, um, I think, to really highlight something that is that it's important and necessary. And so I think that's that's the fans that were in the building. And that was the whole emphasis of the entire day. Well, that makes a lot of sense then. So I didn't know that. So I learned something. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, we got going to give a woman a car. Sorry. I really? Was, no, you're good. My worker. Really? How did how did that come cool. about? How did you do that? You know what? If you can get Christian on here and tell it, I don't want to tell his story. He was the one. Christian, okay. <laughs> he got to give it away. I got to make the beep beep sound effect, and um, it was it was really cool. Christian nailed it. Um, if you're not familiar, Christian Crosby, the host of the 76ers, was down there with Shamia hosting the game. And um, they were acknowledging her as a frontline worker and all the sacrifices she had made and the mom and, and just all these incredible things. And it was, it was really special. And so all of a sudden, I don't know how Atlanta gets this car in the arena, but I'm enamored with this concept. Mm -hmm. You look up in like the upper concourse and Christian's like, that Kia Sorento is yours. And so it was, just... it was really cool. That's awesome. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. See, behind the scenes, I like it. Yep. See, we would have never known that. Yes, yeah. this is awesome. Um, <laughs> going forward, I'm going to ask you one more question, then I'll toss it to Jillian. But again, yeah. I, I experiencing two of them, I didn't know what I was getting into either when I went. I didn't understand the rehearsals. Like, I didn't get any of like, I mean, you're in rehearsals, or I was for 12 hours a day. Can you kind of explain, you know, just a, or just walk us through a typical day, like as far as rehearsals go, and maybe when you got to All Star, did you get there at the beginning of the week, in the middle of the week? Kind of just run through that real quick for the people. Yeah, for the people. I like for the it. people that are listening. For the people. If they're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it this far, I appreciate it. Yeah. So we had a game, the Bucks had a game on Tuesday night I flew out um I think at like 9 or 9 30 on Wednesday morning so with COVID I went into so let me pause for a second I did I tested before I left to make sure I wasn't traveling with COVID so I got a test um I think 48 hours prior to flying and then I landed in um Atlanta Wednesday and tested immediately at the hotel and I had a 24-hour quarantine until that test came back negative. So then Thursday morning, I had breakfast in my room. My test came back, and I was, quote, free to go. Obviously, we're still doing everything masked um, and socially distanced. And I made my way to the arena. And like you said, we kind of hit the ground running. And this mm -hmm. was then you look at just a totally different – I have no idea. I did not understand an all-star. This was my first one. So this felt like an event in the bubble. So I was fortunate enough to be in the bubble in Orlando this right. year. And I see a lot of the same eyes, you know, I see uh, like all these familiar faces, but um, it was just one event. And so we went, we, we rehearsed every single element that you can possibly imagine. We go through, I think like to start off, we had a 43 page, like run the show. 
which is like, yeah, wow. Yeah, wow, your mic doesn't need to That's be on to say that. <laughs> yeah, and so musically for me, I wanted to know what I was in charge of, what I was going to do, and then make sure that it made sense, like what mm-hmm. I was going to play. So for me, it was building out, if you want to call it a playlist, you can, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's steadfast. It, you know, it's dynamic and it's constantly growing and evolving. And as a live entertainment game happens, as you both know very well, things get canceled. Sometimes we run out of time, things get moved around. Mm-hmm. So being as prepared as I possibly can going into that 43 page um, run a show for essentially like this scripted live event that um, we were on TV for five and a half hours. Like it's, it's a little daunting to think about five and a half hour show on TV. So yeah, we were um, in rehearsals uh, all day, every day. <laughs> until it literally up until game time we rehearsed like sunday sunday morning until 5 30 when doors open like doors opened at 5 30 and we were finishing rehearsals at like i think maybe 5 15 5 10 or something silly like that and, like had a chance to run to the bathroom and throw a mm-hmm. snack in my face and we started. right that's exactly how ours was and the scripts kept getting changed and I mean they have Mm -hmm. script writers and they have people that are constantly printing them out and everything and I just remember that too like before the actual live event we were rehearsing right up until practically you go live and so that's funny Mm -hmm. that you said that because I can definitely definitely relate to that so that is so cool I love hearing the unique perspective that you guys have being behind the scenes and I think that's what the listeners will enjoy as well and it made me think of also Shauna, the invitation you had to work in the NBA bubble. I mean, getting the call to even do that and, and that experience in the middle of this crazy year that we just had. What was that like? That was such a gift, honestly. And it feels so long ago, which is really, you know, I, I know we've all been experiencing this. And so in how that transpired, um, that was the first time I got on an airplane during the pandemic. I flew directly to Orlando. And again, I was fortunate. I got to work again. Johnny Watson went with me. So I was able, I traveled with him from Milwaukee to Orlando. We quarantined for seven days in a hotel room. So seven days. Wow. In, yeah. In a, in a Disney Coronado Springs hotel room. And, um, I love Disney and I love Orlando, but seven days in a hotel room where we got to like, we got to walk to get tested, I think on day three or four. So that was like when we got to go outside and I actually have a video of me like telling the camera I'm going outside for the first time. And like, that's real. Like being outside in fresh air is real and it's important for your mental health and and all of those things. Um, but then we just, you know, you, you get to Orlando and again, you, I, you get directive and we started with um, like site visits and they're all right there at ESPN. And we got to see the court. We got to hear what the crowd noise sounded like. We got to see the, what the virtual fans sounded like. And so it was just one of those things. The NBA just doesn't mess around and they just do everything. And they're like, we're going to do this. And you're like, okay. And then they do it. And you're like, oh, Okay. And it, it was incredible. And it was such a blessing. I DJed more games in the bubble than I did as our Bucks official DJ up until this season, which is kind of crazy. So last season was my first official season as our DJ and producer. So March hit a year ago and I DJed more games in the bubble for other teams than I did for the Milwaukee Bucks, which is kind of crazy to think about. How many yeah, games so was, was it roughly? You know what? I have to, I want to say 75 I DJ'd 75 in the um, bubble for 22 
in the bubble, 75 in the okay. bubble for 22 teams, including the Milwaukee Bucks. It was really fun, though, from you want to talk about like a music perspective, Kurt, to, to hear different sounds. And us being in the Midwest, I don't know. Well, actually, your games were fun because I got to play like race car sounds. And right, so that yeah. was like a yes. first for me. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, like things you don't think about because it's not my job to think about mm-hmm. an Indiana Pacers game until it was my job. And so that was really fun to work in, in hand in hand with those teams. And I really just wanted to do it justice, not only for the guys, but for the people that couldn't be there. Um, and so I really bought into that and I had a lot of fun. I had a, a, just a lot of fun. So not only playing music and hip hop and country and rock and all that. So you're actually putting in different sound bites and different sound effects throughout the game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So we were, I only know this role and I learned that there are, you know, teams or, are organized differently. So I am in charge of everything in the Milwaukee Bucks game that you hear that's not a video. So anything that you hear is coming from me. So whether okay. it's a, a, the Giannis Stinger, he does like, you know, MVP dunk will play. He has this notorious BAG Stinger that he loves. Um, a little three-point sound effect or like a Brooke Lopez three is a splash. And so like all of those little added elements that are unique to every single team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get to do that. And so similar to like, you know, your in-game beats and beds where you have a lot of race car sounding things for Indy. Um, I, we did all of that on top of pregame, um, whatever, however you want to call it, warmups or when the players are out on the court and then, um, layup lines into games, timeouts. So it was all music. It was all, we weren't doing any elements, um, in regards to entertainment. It was, it was all music. We had some reads and then timeouts were just music. So that's completely different from the way that the Pacers do it. So we have a DJ band camp or a Cool Hand Lex. Those yeah. are our like in arena DJs. But we also have a sound guy that's in a booth and is playing all the sound effects. That's why I asked that because mm-hmm. I didn't know that you did that. So that's definitely mm-hmm. interesting because he's the one that is playing, you know, just the different uh, instrumentals and things like that throughout the game and everything outside of, I mean, band camp and Cool Hand Lex are the ones that are actually just playing at the, you know, once the doors open and then throughout timeouts, like if we're doing t-shirt tosses and things like that. So that's cool that you do everything. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That Thank is you. really unique because is that where the producer title comes in? Because I saw Shauna a lot of places you're listed not only as the DJ there, but a producer, because that's a, a lot of pressure as well to keep that flow going throughout the game. The producer element, thank you, actually comes from I produce our entertainment and any any songs that we need from a, a like whether it's dancers, our drumline will will drum to track sometimes or um, I'm trying to think because we haven't seen them. We have trickers which are like mm-hmm. just in crazy crazy ninjas on the court that will perform. So if if any of our entertainment teams need music, we'll have a meeting. They tell me what they're thinking of from a, a concept or even songs idea. And then I will produce that, that track. Oh, that's so cool. That's where the, the producer's side kind of comes from. Um, I've never thought about, I guess, I didn't know um, that other people, that there were numerous people doing, I guess, like the job that I, as one person I've been doing. So mm-hmm. I guess um, to me, it was just all, all, all in one. That's that interesting awesome. to me. Like, <laughs> 
I didn't know that at all. I always thought it was set up the way that we do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then until I kind of went to all-star, I guess I saw a little bit different side of it, but there weren't normal games. So it's just like, I didn't really still have that breakdown. Like you just said, um, where do you get a lot of your music from? Or when you were in the bubble, where did you get your music from? And the sound effects, like you said, you had never played the IndyCar sounds. Like, did they send you those? Or is that something that you had to go find? So it was in the bubble. It was really cool. Uh, the NBA created just a, an, a box account, to be honest, and communicated with, um, um, with teams and organizations on what you wanted your sound to be and we got you got an opportunity to upload essentially if you had stingers if you had hot time out songs if you had team tradition songs and so myself with the three other DJs we kind of put our brains together and we're like these are the elements that we think are necessary for a game when you're looking at the sound of an NBA game and so again stingers I'm trying to think like we had um, Miami Heat has a really great like two minute call. And so to like, we had an audio, like a MP3 of that, that they eventually like video board takeover. And so it's, it was, it was really cool. While, during that seven day quarantine, that was our job as the DJs was to go through this box account and then download and organize all 22 teams. And, and make sure that we were ready to go for that. So Indy sent that over. And that when I, I listened to that, I was like, these are race cars. This is so cool. Yeah. Is the Miami Heat one the Dos Minutos? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Where they say that? Okay, yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I learned a lot about the league, honestly, which was really cool because until you, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, and that was mm -hmm. the epitome of it is I had seen games on TV, but that's what I think is really special about the NBA is how much thought and preparation go at each team goes into to make their game day special. So when you come to a Bucks game, it's going to be different from an indie game. And you, you know, have a different sound than we do. And we have a different sound mm -hmm. than Miami does. And we, that's Miami sounds different from the Lakers. And I had a lot of fun with that. I had a lot of fun. So that was really cool. And such an honor, again, to be able to be there and to be your Indiana Pacers DJ Wells in the bubble and to, to be the Heat and um, be Heat's DJ. And, and it just, it was, it was something I didn't take lightly because it was, like I said, um, A, I was lucky to be working, right. to be safe and healthy. And B, I'm doing somebody else's job. And I think I'm kind of, you know, proprietary over the sound of a Milwaukee Bucks game. You get a little protective over that. And so it was mm -hmm. something that I wanted to do justice. And hopefully people weren't like, what is this? You know, so. Well, yeah, but it definitely makes you more well-rounded because, I mean, you're experiencing all these different cultures and now you've done like so many different games. I mean, you can take all that experience and bring it back home and kind of put your own spin on it. But you've got to be more well-rounded after that whole experience, I would believe. 100%. I like the spin pun you just did there, Kurt, with the DJ. Yeah. That was clever. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but I like I it. We're gonna roll that wasn't it. on purpose, but yeah, I like it. <laughs> Just came naturally with both of your backgrounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. that's what I was wondering too, because Kurt, I believe that you said you were first introduced to DJ Shauna when she was here in India at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Would it would it have been for a NCAA tournament final four, something of that nature? I want to say it was maybe 2018-ish, somewhere in there. And you came to Bankers Life and you did either the men's or women's Big Ten tournament. And I was hosting and you were there. I didn't know you at all. And I think I just, from Instagram is how we've kind of met. You followed me, I followed you back type of thing. But 
yeah, I mean, I, I think that's when it was, 2018. You can correct me if I'm I, wrong. DJ I think Sean, you're right. I know I was there. So it, it was, it was, that was the first time I got to be back inside Banker's Life after playing there. So you, I got, I played at Wisconsin. And so it was so cool to be on the other side of it, to go to the Big Ten tournament. And just, I remember walking through those halls as an athlete and thinking how cool it was because A, we're at Banker's Life and B, you have a WNBA team. And so mm-hmm. it was just really cool to see women on the walls, like in the tunnels and in, in the back and, and not only just women, but professional athletes. And that was something that right. really stood out to me. And so um, I was really honored again. That was, that's a, a cool event and the Big Ten did such a great job. And I, I don't think that I knew who you were at the time too, because I wasn't working as the Bucks official DJ. And so it was, again, one of those worlds I didn't know existed really mm-hmm. until I got into it. And now it's like this never-ending Narnia world of awesomeness. I know there's so many people <laughs> to connect with. And I know. So I want to dive into that too, because I know you mentioned your time playing at Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. I love hearing about your career because you played professionally. And it's so impressive now to see how you've combined this love of basketball with your career today. So how did it transform like that? Thank you. It's, I have no idea. Um, it just, it just, like it, I feel, I feel often very lucky. So I have been DJing since I graduated undergrad, which, you know, give dates me and ages me, but it's been like 16 or 17 years now. And I actually got into it and it might sound it when I say this, it often sounds funny because I've never drank alcohol. And so as most under or, you know, undergrad graduates do at 21, 22, 23 years old, they go at the bars and clubs. And I was hanging out with my peers and I was here in Milwaukee and I never drank alcohol. So I never was really holding anything in my hands. And it was the epitome of like the, the Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights. Like, I didn't know what to do with what my, do hands. my hands. Yeah. What do I do with my hands? Like, it is like, I hold the phone. And so people would get uncomfortable and I, you know, I would go to a glass of water and it wasn't good enough for them. And I was just tired of the conversation. Started hanging out with the DJ at Walker's Pint here in Milwaukee and literally just watching him. And I was enamored with it. So I started in bars and clubs. It was a hobby. And then um, I think this would be, I think 2016, 2017 was the first season I worked about six or seven games with the Milwaukee Bucks. When you scanned your tickets, I was one of those DJs playing music real loud when you walked into the Bradley Center and just having fun and just trying to create that uh-huh. vibe and the energy of like, you're, you're at a Bucks game. Like, it's, it's here. And that was the same year I started working for Marquette Women's Basketball, which is down the block from my house. And uh, coincidentally, Marquette hosted the Big East Women's Tournament that year here at the Al. And so I was the quote official DJ and host for Big East. And I was sitting there. I don't know what round it was, but I was like, if, if there's a DJ here at the Big East conference tournament, there has to be a DJ at this tournament, this tournament, this tournament. And then there's the women's final four. And I'll keep this as succinct as possible, but I literally cold called the NCAA. And what? that's how uh-huh. I couldn't find anybody to like get a, like a, a, like, do you know somebody? Like, can you, right, contact, I literally cold yeah. called, That's I'm sure cool. you're shocked. Yeah. I'm sure you're shocked to hear that I left a rambling voicemail and I told him like, I played basketball at Wisconsin and then I played pro and now I'm a DJ and I, can I come to Dallas? Do you need music? And I was like, I got you. They called me back and they said, yeah. <laughs> If you can get that's it. awesome. Really? So that's how my relationship I love with that. Yeah, thanks. 
and it just continues to unfold. And so I've been fortunate. I've been part of like three power five conference tournaments. So I had Big East, Big 10 and Pac-12 last year was my actually, I was in Las Vegas right before the shutdown. Women's basketball obviously like plays such a huge role in what I do and who I am. And I wouldn't be where I am without Wisconsin, without Wisconsin basketball and the experience I had playing professionally overseas and everything I learned teammates all like all all the cliches for me are like real through and through right and so I'm grateful it just continued to evolve and I'm great now I'm here with you too that is amazing we appreciate it yeah, yeah. That's and Go what ahead, a Julie. lesson for for anybody listening because Kurt and I always say that's a question we get a lot how'd you get into this and I'm sure you get that mm -hmm. all the time Shauna and so hearing the courage that it takes to just cold call sometimes and put yourself out there like that's inspiring no matter what industry you're in Thanks. And trying to, you know, what's even more difficult that I'm very proud of is getting a number to get a hold of the NCAA. You can't. That's you can't do it. Right. Yes. Yeah. The, part. <laughs> the call was the easy part. Getting a real phone number for the NCAA. Do you know how many people would have loved to have found that? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> you did your research. You found it. Like, that's good. It was a deep dive. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. I love hearing more about just how you got into it as well, because I, I've told Kurt too, I'm also fascinated by the work that goes into just the art form of being a DJ, because it's really like a lot of professions. You guys make it look easy when you do it, but it's not. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. What's something that surprised you about the industry as you were getting into it? How much music is played at an NBA game. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest surprise. And it was, um, again, I'm just grateful. I love my relationship and friendship with Johnny. And he has become not only a mentor and somebody that I trust immensely, but we, but we lived in the bubble together. And like anybody that was there, we have a secret handshake. And <laughs> it was a, like a, a cool fraternity. And so we, we developed like this really cool bond. I can just listen to his stories and there isn't a live event that John Watson hasn't done. And so I remember, I can't even think what this man must have been thinking. I mean, he's worked Olympics and like he pulled me in and it was a scrimmage. It wasn't even an exhibition game. And so I remember we hit a scrimmage. So you're not even scratching the surface on what we do in a game. Like we're playing ourselves with like, just like Bucks fans in the building. And all I had to do was push like, a free throw sound effect and just play some beats. And I remember looking at him, he's like, are you okay? I was like, this is a lot of music, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that was the biggest thing for me. And it, it feels good to sort of be in my quote sophomore season because it feels like the game has now slowed down just a little bit for me. And a thing that never shocks me, I learned, I continue to just learn something every single day, mm -hmm. every game. And so I think that's what's always fun. And, you know, we had comms issues the other night. So we had zero communication capabilities. Now I'm going off of you like never what know I think. what's going to happen, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. What does Johnny Watson want now? I don't know. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so. And I want to stop uh, you there. So for everybody listening, Johnny Watson is your producer, your manager. It's like our Dean Hevelin. So I don't know if Jillian knew yeah. that at all either. Okay. But yeah, so it's, I was you know, picking up on like that. I'm boss. like, okay, I see the, the relationship here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Johnny and Dean have crushed all-star games. So that's yes. what I've heard. It's like, legend yep. has it. These guys are the, the all-star. Love it. <laughs> and they're all, legend yeah. has it. Out of a lot of them <laughs> that I worked with at all-star, because, I mean, you know, you know, it's different going in. I have 
Dean in my ear all the time. So having Johnny or somebody else from a different team in my ear, it's definitely, they, they operate different, but yep. those two were so cool, calm and collective during the whole thing. It's like, they never budged at all. It was just like, Hey, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Like, keep going. They never raised their voice, nothing. It was just like, Hey, we're going to make it through. Cause they've had the experience. Like you said, the Olympics and all those different events. It's like, they've been through it all. Yep. I haven't gotten to work with Dean, but again, I've heard the, the legend of Dean and I, I can't <laughs> wait to hear his voice. We got to tell Dean about this. That's awesome. Please, please do. <laughs> that is so, so cool. I mean, and just in general, like looking at all of these accomplishments, whether it's the all-star game, whether it's being asked and, and invited to come to the bubble, you've had all these opportunities. I even saw you got to open, was it for Lizzo at Summerfest? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. That is so amazing. Thank you. I think it's it's fun to think about because again, an NBA game is so different when you think when you talk about DJing and, and Kurt, I know you have you have background as a DJ. And so it's it's just so different. And those are amazing shows. The way you get to go out there and um the video is actually on my YouTube and it's one of my favorites and it's it's very humbling and I just want to set the stage for you. So if you two go and watch it of that even if it's just youtube so oh, no we have it to was, we have to you have it. to it's it's like two minutes and i think i think you'll appreciate it so Summerfest is actually the world's largest music festival and it's literally in my backyard here in milwaukee and so if you haven't been it's coming back we're going to be back in september um people that you would never like it's just this amazing hodgepodge you talk about different kinds of music if there's 14 quote free stages so you pay a general admission ticket to get in right? And you can just walk around and listen to music. I saw Nelly for free and the last time I was at Summerfest. Like, Nelly was on stage. So yeah, good. I've right? seen Diplo. I've seen, like, it. Go, the list goes on and on. And so I got to open for Lizzo and it was one of the worst weather days that we had in Milwaukee all year. And people will, <laughs> gates open and because it's, quote, a free stage, people will line up if there's a huge act. And so Summerfest is always on their game they got Lizzo locked into this free stage, which essentially, if you, it's hard to guess, but it, because it's a physical space, they're not seats, 10,000 plus people standing, mm -hmm. like front of stage until you literally run into Lake Michigan. Like that's, that's kind of how it's set up. And so 10,000 plus people, and this was at Lizzo, like when she was just popping off, like it was all of a sudden, she just was on this rise. And I got the call, to open for her and so torrential downpour everything you can possibly imagine like lightning thunder like stages are shut down which doesn't happen again at a, the world's largest music festival they will go on rain or shine and mm -hmm. but the weather was so severe they shut all the stages were quiet so we finally get fast forward and that's then where you need to watch the video on youtube because they were chanting my name and I think I cried when I was on stage. Oh, and it was cool. very, very, very <laughs> That's humbling. Special. It was, it was incredible. And um, again, I, I, I can't wait for live entertainment to come back safely. And I'm looking forward to those things. Those are really fun to be able to do. And, and Milwaukee's got a lot of fun music festivals and, and, and things like that, that I get part of Milwaukee Pride Fest as well. And so it's just, yeah, it's a totally different way to DJ and I love it. And that's how, what got me, to the NBA. We have to watch that now. That is amazing. <laughs> that is so, so cool. Well, and I'm sure it's just been this, this snowball effect of like all your hard work paying off, getting these opportunities. That's what I think is a great takeaway as somebody's listening to this episode, feeling inspired by you. And now 
moving forward. I want to, I know I want to be respectful of the time here because we could talk to you forever, but we did want to touch on the dare to be movement because Mm -hmm. we saw that on your social media and it seemed like such a unique thing that you've created. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, thank you. So dare to be started when I, I decided to really take DJing seriously. I wanted something that was bigger than myself, that was bigger than quote DJ Sean on and, 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 and that, in that nature. And um, Dare to Be really came to fruition as something to inspire you to be your absolute best self. And it can, it's fluid. It was left open-ended on purpose. So today, dare to be awake, dare to be strong, dare to be on time, dare to be communicative, dare to be, you lit, you name it, like it's, it's, it's there, like dare to be whatever you need. And um, it's just something that I'm passionate about. I think, you know, as a basketball player, we're taught that we sometimes we get a, we have a platform as an athlete, people look at you differently. And that's something that I really took to heart as a kid. And throughout my professional career is sometimes we've learned that athletes get to sometimes, you know, have this, people will listen a little bit differently and look at you a little bit differently and hold you to a higher standard. And that's something that I take a lot of pride in and I don't carry lightly. And so I think as my DJ career continued and I, you kind of get these opportunities where you get to be in the spotlight and get to be highlighted and be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. I just wanted that positivity to continue to, to come mm-hmm. through and inspire people, no matter who it is. If it's little girls that look at me and they're like, I can be a DJ? Like, heck yeah, you can. If it's little boys that look at it doesn't matter. Like if you see something in me, that's how I like to look at it is, is again, talk about walking through those hallways at Banker's Life. I get goosebumps because I had never walked through a WNBA locker room before. Mm-hmm. And so as a basketball player, that made it real was all of a sudden to see somebody that looked like me doing something I love. I was like, I can do that. And that's a cool feeling. So that's what Dare to Be is. It's just, it's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that falls under it, but Dare to Be, when you talk about it, I want to inspire you to be your absolute best self. I was going to say, do you enjoy, you keep mentioning the WNBA and all that. Do you enjoy doing the women's or men's more, or is it a mixture of both? Or do you really enjoy doing the women's games? I do. I love it all. And I think too, I want to continue to be an ambassador for women's sports and continue to be, mm-hmm. do my best. And I'm putting out into the universe that Milwaukee is going to get a WNBA team. I don't know how or when that happens. I got five dollars if somebody else can help with the rest. And so, <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah, perfect, right? And so, I'm just I'm a fan. I love who they are, what they stand for. I love how far the league has come. But I don't know that I would say that I I have a preference over the other. What I am fortunate is to be in the NBA as a woman. And it's something that, um, you know, that we still talk about because it's, it's a thing. And I'm honored right. being, I'm currently one of three female DJs as official DJs in the league, Poison Ivy, DJ Heat, and myself. But I think it's just, we keep talking about it so that somewhere down the line, it doesn't have to be a conversation, you know? That's and so such we just a good keep, way to describe right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. was. That's something you, you touched on. They still describe the DJ industry as a male dominated industry. So it's amazing to see what you've accomplished. And then, like you said, having somebody younger look at you, it it only shows them what they can do now. I love that. And again, I didn't know that this job existed. And so maybe they see something and they take something and they create something that doesn't exist right now with it. And so that's what I think is really fun. Um, And it keeps me on my game too. It keeps me 
trying to keep sharp so that the seven-year-old that's a better DJ than me can't steal my job quite yet. <laughs> and there's a lot of them out there if you watch oh Instagram goodness, or YouTube. They're, they're coming out. Yes, they are. They scare me. They are way better DJs than I am. Oh, my. <laughs> that's hey, a, I feel you on that one. Yeah, like now that everybody's always on their phones and, and broadcasting, you know, on Instagram and Facebook, like I feel that way about people on air too. Like I'm like, these kids are just naturals. This is crazy. Yeah. They are because they're all commentating and stuff on YouTube get, or videos and Fortnite and all that. It's like, man, they're getting <laughs> the practice in, aren't they? I didn't start until I was in college. These kids right? are seven years old. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Could you imagine if we did a game and seven-year-olds are in charge? Oh my god! No, it'd be it's crazy just, though. Like hilarious. We should. Yeah, I think we have a new idea that we can present to Dean. Well, it's it's funny you said that, and tying it back into the WNBA, we actually had a career day because I do the Indiana Fever games, and we had a young girl that auditioned, and she got to come out and she got to co-host with me. Um, it was either last year or the year before, but that's funny that you said that. So I got to introduce her and kind of just, you know, I guided her throughout the game as we were doing everything, but she kind of just took it from there and ran with it. She was nervous on her first hit, but after that, I mean, it was super cool to see. I think she was maybe in between 10 and 13 years old, somewhere in there, but to talk in front of, you know, 3000 people, I was like, this is awesome. We did that actually at Big Ten, now that I think of it. I remember I had, like, for a timeout, a little girl like, came up and pushed play on a song. So I remember, like, the Big Ten incorporated yeah. that as well. So, oh, yeah, that's fun. pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well, with that said, before we get into kind of our, our grand finale questions, we want to ask you, with all that in mind, this is the perfect chance to, to ask for anybody listening, whether it is somebody younger, whether it's somebody in college, whether it's someone who's a DJ or a basketball player, What's kind of the piece of advice that you give? Maybe it's something that you heard throughout your career. You know, what would be your advice to that person? I think the advice itself is simple, but it's not necessarily easy. And that's not meant to come across as negative, but I'm a firm believer in the 10,000 hour theory. And that was when my basketball career really turned a corner. Uh, when I hit about 10,000 hours and that's when I became a pro when you look at you know that and then the same thing with my DJ career for me that was about 10 years in and that's not meant to be discouraging in any way shape or form but Kurt you talk about like your first hit you're not you're not a pro like that first time I'm not, I still am learning every game every day I don't know everything there is to know about DJing I don't know every song I don't know I make mistakes but 10,000 hours you just keep making these you keep taking repetitions and we learn from our mistakes we learn from the things that don't work we learn more that way and that's my biggest um, suggestion whatever it is you're chasing is that you have to get out there you know if it's a crossover you have to do it you have to do it and not just do it outside in the backyard or at the playground but at game speed because if you don't do it at game speed then why are you practicing it? And then now we have mm -hmm. to mess up at game speed. And now you have to mess up at game speed against somebody. And so it's just, it's trying to just keep getting repetitions in. Just that's my biggest suggestion. Just keep getting repetitions in. And honestly, every, for every high that I have had, there are as equal or more lows. But it's, I think, and this is maybe where my mentality as an athlete really comes in. Those lows, to me, I take as a test. It's like, how bad do you want this? And that's how I look at things. And that would be my suggestion. Is it's and and so and it's okay. It's like you know what? I don't. I don't want it that bad. 
I don't, this is, this is hard work and this is a lot of hours. This is 12 hours rehearsal and then we got to do it again tomorrow and tomorrow and the day after that. And so it's like, I don't, if you don't want it, that's okay. And it's never Mm -hmm. again, negative, but I take those as tests and I love, I, I thrive on that stuff. I want, I want to be challenged. I want to be pushed. I want the comms to go all what I want. I want things to go wrong. I know that sounds crazy, but I just, I love it. I, I love it when it's, I don't know. It feels, you know, like I'm a, like a little DJ ninja. <laughs> DJ ninja. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Such good advice. So it really is. Everything you're saying really resonates because I, I feel the same and that's great advice for anybody listening. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Very well said. I have one last question. All right. So I'm going to officially be DJing my first NCAA next weekend. So I got the call because we're doing, and this is not about me, but this is going to be about you. I just had an intro with that. What song do I have to play? Like what, if you had to pick one song to give to me, like what would it be? Okay. So what part of the game are we talking about? And is it men's or women's? You know, to be quite honest, they haven't given me all the details, but I'm doing eight (laughs) different games for the NCAA starting next Friday. The men's. Yes. The men's. The men's tournaments in India. Yeah, I'm going to San Antonio for the women. So okay. I'll be in San Antonio. Awesome. Uh, maybe I'll just stream what you're playing in San Antonio. I don't I got know. You. <laughs> You'll That's be the first perfect. DJ to I'll... DJ both tournaments. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, this. Man. You know what? I will. Are fans allowed in Indy? Yeah, so we're doing 25%. So depending on, we have six different arenas because it's spread throughout the yep. entire you know state. So I'm doing the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, the first and second round. So I would say maybe like 2,000 fans-ish, somewhere in there. I think players' music, you're going to be fine. I feel mm-hmm. like that's like a gimme. Like in that, but I think what you want to – what I would – I'll send you some stuff too that I think is fun when it comes to like kind of like a crowd interactive. And um, I know this might sound super cheesy, but can't stop the feeling like when things are like – like that is such a feel-good song, and that's kind of mm-hmm. like how I like to DJ. One of my other favorite songs, and this isn't necessarily as crowd interactive because there's not like a snapping or a clapping, but it's more of like a head bob and a dancing. If you don't know the song, Head and Heart by Joel Corey, it's one of my favorite songs. And it's like this house song that has made it into mainstream. And it's one of those songs that I listen to every time from start to finish and I want to run it back right away. And as a DJ, it does are hard to come by because like right. I'm at 45 seconds, I'm like, I'm bored. Yep. Like, so, like, Time to know, change it. Oh, I haven't heard so, of that. So I will definitely Google that and heart. listen to it. And plus the IndyCar sounds. I need to get the IndyCar sounds for you. you. Yeah, IndyCar you got to send those over. <laughs> I literally will. I have all of okay. them. I can send you Dos Minutos if you want. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Is there a song that you play that without fail people go wild you know it's hard because we haven't had fans and so <laughs> that's true yeah. um i've never played this at a bucks game but we'll take it back to the lizzo show and this was kind of set it up again this crowd was just incredible i played joyful joyful from sister act at the lizzo show and it went off so i'm just that yes. kind of dj that i am and it was we had people who knew the dance we had everybody singing along and so that as a as a dj i have learned to open my mind and my heart because music is such an incredible avenue to bring people together. And so you talk about country, you mentioned country, like I got to play country music because Jimmy Butler loves country music. And so you, you, it's not just rap and hip hop when we, you know, think about um, what NBA 
is it's music it's a mm -hmm. culture that's what i love about being an open format djs you can play joyful joyful and people will sing along right that's so good, good. <laughs> <laughs> well we want to make sure we've already stolen more of your time than we planned to so we we could talk to you great. forever oh thank, thank you. you i know we want to just wrap this up with um kurt and i were making fun of ourselves before we got on this call because as you know this is a a new podcast and we were thinking we want to do like a rapid fire question thing we know a lot of people do that but it's kind of fun just a way to find out something new and Kurt, what was the name we were throwing around? We just made it up know. on the spot, but Pacers Basketball Blitz. So just Ooh. kind of, you know, if, like if you guys throw have other questions. Tips, yeah, yeah, let us know. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're working on the name still, but. <laughs> I um, like it. <laughs> so yeah, I think we'll just wrap it up with kind of like a favorites rapid fire and a this or that. So Kurt, if I'm you want to kick it off. Oh, I love it. Shauna's game. She's like, okay. yeah, throw it at me. So I'll stop after we'll start with the favorites one. So you just got to tell us your favorite, whatever we say. So, and then I'll start with this. So your favorite food. Sushi. Ooh, nice. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we thought of this one after looking at some of your pictures because all your tattoos look so cool. Favorite tattoo. It is the, thank you. First of all, they tell really good stories and it is a vice, but the one on my right forearm that says, love you, Joe. It's my late stepfather's handwriting. Um, when I got it, unbeknownst to me, it was um, on the card that he wrote my mom on their wedding day. So he passed away unexpectedly from stage oh, cool. five terminal cancer, stage four terminal cancer, excuse me. And so I got a tattoo to memorialize him. And you talk about like being bigger than me, like I just want to make him proud. So that's my favorite one. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah I like that. Okay, favorite genre of music? Oh, man, I just one. <laughs> Just one. You know what? I'm gonna if it's for me personally, I will say I'm gonna say Deep House because I love like that sort of side of Deep House with like the the vibe that it brings. So I'm gonna go Deep House. Awesome. Favorite thing to do outside of work? Workout. I like Perfect. to stay healthy. I like to try to. I want to do this as long as I can. I want to move. I want to be healthy. I want to make me feel good. Mental health. Working out. I gotta move. Love it. All Perfect. right, we're switching gears to a little this or that. Starting out with a cliche, but we got to do it. Dogs or cats? Dogs. We kind of figured from the Instagram. Yeah. 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 And I, my kid's book is named after one of our first dogs. So, yeah, I'm a dog person. Phone call or text? You know, there's a time and a place for both. I don't, hate, I don't hate phone calls. I know you want me to pick one, but there's a time and a place where sometimes, especially for work, right? Like, you're like, all right, yo, yeah. just pick up the phone. Like, let's just get, like, it's going to be so much. <laughs> Can knock it out in 30 seconds instead so of I'm back gonna, and forth. Exactly. So if you add a third option, efficiency. I will pick efficiency all day. <laughs> so. Ooh, that's a good answer. I like it. Thank you. Thank also, you. Also, <laughs> side note, Kurt and I always joke that we're phone people. Like, we call each other all the yeah. time. Because we're like, this will be faster. Every time mm -hmm. we always yep. say that. <laughs> it is. It's just easier. And I'm we're driving half of the time anyway. Yeah. So yep. True. There's that. <laughs> All right, next one. We had on here ocean or the mountains. What or like Michigan, whatever. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there oh, you yeah, go. You can't bring it. I'm going to, you know what? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic and I have only seen the inside of gyms and my condo, I'm going to go with ocean. I'm, I, I, I can't wait. <laughs> music or podcasts? What do you prefer to listen to? You know what? It is music. I, I, I pick music. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we got to go with the social media question. And this is like a three, you know, choice. Mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know what? I'm going to go with Twitter because I've met a lot of people in the, I've made a lot of cool Twitter friends. 
And I think Twitter is incredible. It's quick. It's how we found out the NBA was shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's informative, but I also think it's a phenomenal networking tool that I don't know that a lot of people understand or use the capa- at, at, at its capacity. So I've been on podcasts because I've, I've seen, I've had people on my podcast because they say, Hey, I want to be on podcasts. And I'm like, you look like a cool person to be on my podcast. So I've made a lot of Twitter friends and networked. And I like how you can curate your Twitter a little bit better in regards to like what you're seeing. So I'm a Twitter fan. And lastly, we're going mascots. So Wisconsin Badgers, Bucky or Milwaukee Bucks, Bango. Oh, no. We got to put you on the spot. I know. Oh, no. That's a good question. (laughs) And my family is from Port Washington and Kenosha. So I have a little bit of a background in both. So, I mean, you pick. Do I have to? This is like, this is like picking my mom or my dad. <laughs> oh my goodness. I plead the fifth. All I right. Can't do that. <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. They're both incredible. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't even, honestly, I got to meet the Oregon. I got to meet the duck at the Pac-12 tournament and the duck stole my heart. Really? Um, oh my that duck was, they gave me Girl Scout cookies, Kurt. How mm. can I be angry at a duck? <laughs> you can't. Well, and see, and if I had a <laughs> pick, I would, going back to the social media, Bango's social media is hilarious. Like, from the Bucks. Like, he is absolutely hilarious. So Bango but, is great. Yeah. Did you see, a, I brought Bango with me to the All-Star game. Were you on Bango's social when? I didn't like, see were, that, no. There were, like, real-time photos of baby bango with me at all stars (laughs) (laughs) i got to meet harry i love mascots though let's talk like that yeah i got to meet harry the hawk and harry was great but harry the hawk ate baby bango so really (laughs) (laughs) they gotta meet boomer i haven't met boomer yet i don't know i can't wait you'd love him he'd love you yep Well, Shauna, thank you so much. The last thing we want to do, you mentioned your podcast. Let people know where they can find you. Where can they listen to your podcast? Where can they find you on social after this interview? Like, plug it all. Thank you. I appreciate it. So social media, I'm predominantly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's all DJ Shauna. It's my name, S-H-A-W-N-A. Um, I have music on my Mixcloud, which is also DJ Shauna. So I, I did a lot of recorded a lot of sets when I was in a bubble. And so I wanted people to hear like what was happening in the bubble. There's actually a quarter up of an Orlando Magic home game. So for those of you that are extra nerdy and want to hear defense prompts and like the Orlando Magic has a really cool like three the hard way stinger. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of fun. I threw that up there, but um, there are mixes on my mix cloud. My website is DJ Shauna. My clothing line is dare to be clothes, dare to be clothing.com. And there you can find where my, my book is, the kids book I wrote. And if you search Dare to Be Conversations on anything, any platform that you listen to podcasts, you'll find it. So thanks for and letting me. Documentary? When oh, is that? Kurt, man, that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm, we don't have a set date. Our goal is to try to get it out before this NBA season is over. And okay. so, again, it's, uh, this is the most I've talked about it publicly with you. And so it's, it's really to share my story to continue to inspire people. And I recognize, uh, honestly, that I have not done any of this alone. There are moments where we feel alone, but a lot, there have been so many people throughout my life that have opened doors, that have kicked down doors for me, that have helped push me through doors. And so this is just paying homage to, I think, 
identifying as not only a gay woman, but as somebody that is in a very male dominated industry, I want to just keep sharing that story and talk about how sports helped build me who I am. And here we are. So thank you. Perfect. I can't wait. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Gosh. And even as she's talking, it's like, she's an author, clothing line, all this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, incredible. Incredible. <laughs> I feel like Sean. I haven't done anything. <laughs> right? I'm inspired just like talking Absolutely. to you right now. Yeah. Shauna, thank you so much. This has been thank awesome. You. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you both it. very much. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. This is a great way for me to kick off my weekend. So thanks for listening to me ramble. And I hope to see you all in real life soon. That's it for this episode of the Believe in Pacers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And make sure you guys spread the word a little bit for us and rate and subscribe the Believe in Pacers podcast. You can get this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts at, whether it's Apple Music, Tidal Music, Google, all things that got podcasts, we are located there. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.